and welcome to Wrestling And. This week, we are going to talk about Wrestling And NXT. It's been around for a little bit now, and it's gone through a lot of changes. We've seen ups and downs and all sorts of different things from this brand. Originally a developmental brand um, coming from FCW. Actually, originally a reality show that became yeah, a developmental say, brand. It started yeah. as a reality yeah. show. Um, it, it's gone on to have some of the best matches in WWE history, and recently it changed its format. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's an exciting part of WWE that will leave a mark, and hopefully will leave more marks in the future. So... That's what we're going to talk about. When I say we, I'm talking about me, John Ensman, and my wonderful co-host, Justin from In-Ring Art. Justin, how are you tonight, man? Uh, not too bad. How are you over there in the, the Rocky Mountains? I, I do live in the Rocky Mountains. I actually live in a hut on the mountain. Um, it's pretty good. I went to an indie show tonight. It's Even calling it indies not a local show, and it was quite interesting they always say when you podcast justin that the wrestler might be listening to your show have you ever heard that like if you podcast and talk about a wrestler they might always listen to your show so i have nothing bad to say about any of the wrestlers but there was a guy on the show from aew uh uh dark dark his name was what was it it was uh Sad that I can't even remember his name. I'm trying to think. Ryzen. Ryzen. He kind of was like a demon preacher type dude. Did it ring a bell? Terror it was not Terror Ryzen. It was just Ryzen. But that would have been amazing. That would have been amazing if... Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's a rough situation for him. But, uh, you know, we do wrestling report. I'm not going to report on the show. They had a lights out match, which, which was a kind of a copy of the AEW thing. And the problem was they actually turned the lights out. And I'm like, you're not actually supposed to turn the lights off, you know? And Somebody they had, must have read the, 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 the show notes or who was running the show. Oh, we got to turn the lights off. Yeah. And, and then, like, they had a smoke machine pour smoke into the ring and you couldn't see. What was was evil there? Evil in, in spirit, he Big was. Togo. Yeah, I I was. That would have made it more exciting. But uh, it was nice getting out and about. So you know what I mean. Um, you been to any live shows lately? It's been a little while, huh? So, was has it been uh, New Japan I, for I you? Think, yeah, since the New Japan. Um, they did have SmackDown here yesterday, but uh, oh, Staples Center didn't. Of course, uh, I thought about it, but then it's like it was starting at four forty-five and. You know, that means I would have to, like, kind of leave work early, and I don't want to fill out the paperwork for that and all that, so. Well, everyone <laughs> tells me that, uh, that like, you've really got to go to house shows for WWE. Have, have you been? Do you agree? I, I, well, the last time I went to a WWE show was uh, 2014. No, 2015. Oh, that's not, too, I went to that's a, not that long I ago. Was, I took my, my oldest son, who was about... Three at the time. <laughs> I know. Four, three or four at the time. Mm -hmm. To we went to the go home show for WrestleMania thirty one. Oh shit! Where 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 the Rock? I'm not I'm sorry. <laughs> where Roman and Brock were doing that tug of war for the title at the end. 
Mm. Um, we were at that one, and then so I that was a TV months, tape or a, a live TV event. Is that that was a raw? Yeah, because um, Brock ain't showing up months, to no house shows, bro. Believe me. Well, yeah, that, see, that was the raw go home show, but before WrestleMania thirty one. Um, I think in the in the in the few months before, so we're talking the winter tour of twenty fourteen. Yeah, I did take him to a house show. Um, and yeah, I think there was like, I just, I don't remember the main event. I think it was probably like Seth Rollins and John Cena in a street fight or something like that. And it's like a title match too, which is kind of funny. There was an Adrian Neville, Sami Zayn match on the card, Mm. um, which was awesome. NXT title match. Speaking of that, we'll talk about um, that. There was, there was also, I, uh, rest in peace, Luke Harper and Dolph Ziggler. Oh, wow. IC title. So I was, remember that card. era. And house shows in general, you know, because we're speaking about NXT, and I, you know, the, the, watching it in those days when, you know, in that 2014, 15, 16, did feel like they were house shows in a way. But um, they, when you go to a house show at the Staples Center, they dim the lights, mm-hmm. and they just light up the ring. And I just like that treatment, uh, watching it from an aesthetic purpose. Um, yeah, that's true. It is different. The wrestlers can do whatever you want, and you can yeah. tell they're a lot looser. Um, they can improvise themselves more. They're not and worrying course, about the time cues. Yeah, and you can tell that you know when they're out there and enjoying themselves. That's what makes the product. That's like the number one ingredient ingredient for a good product is when they're enjoying themselves, and we see that a lot with AEW. Um, and that's like that you know that's like when with all out sorts there of having work. a good time and enjoying themselves that does reflect into the product yeah for sure i you know what's funny is um like batista random i don't know if we've barely ever brought him up on this podcast but uh batista (laughs) when i i've heard batista ask what his like favorite matches of all time are that he wrestled in and he always says that it was him and Rey Mysterio at house shows at this one loop they did. Like, he's like, we just tore the house down every house show. And, you know, they got to do kind of what they wanted. And, you know, they're both pretty hot. And so, I can only imagine. we They only do house shows in Colorado Springs now. They used to do SmackDown, but now SmackDown's too big for this city. You know what I mean? They do Denver. So, we have an arena right. here, so maybe I'll go catch a house show uh, sometime. Yeah, and plus, you don't have to deal with the commercials. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, 205 Live or uh, Main Event <laughs> or whatever else they record and all the spots and the endless talking. Well, um, I, I mean, I, I agree. When I saw AEW, I saw them tape Dynamite. And, look, we all know wrestling is, quote, is scripted or whatnot, but... Uh, it, when you watch a TV taping, it almost makes it more scripted for me because it's almost like we had wrestlers coming out and just not being in character and then, oh, action, and then they would jump into character. And that like Cody did that. And it, it just it kind of took away from it where it's like, I want to see you just be Cody on stage. But uh, it was uh, it was it was still fun. So, yeah, man, um, you watch anything in the light? You said you watched uh, you've been or you checked up on Best of the Super Juniors. Did you see uh, Show versus Yo? Did you catch that I one? I didn't see that. Me well, neither. Actually, I can tell you what I did see was yesterday, and we talked about how some of them are just VOD, <laughs> um, and I was at the laundromat yesterday, and there, I had I was watching one match in between uh, washer and dryer, and I checked out uh, Hiromu and um, Doki. 
Yeah, yeah, that was a that was last last couple days or last night. Yeah, it was one of the it was the most recent one I was able to look at. Um, and really great match. Oh, I, just, I imagine. You know, Doki's great, and it was no commentary. Um, really? It, it, yeah, I like we were talked about some of those shows. They're not doing live commentary for even in Japanese. Well, see, I went back and looked at the list and stuff, and like I had watched every show up till then, as far as juniors, best of the super juniors, right. and I hadn't seen any like that. But you saw it, like you saw one that was like that, which is crazy because that was the last. I think they're just yeah, they're waiting a couple of days, I think, until they put the commentary on. So maybe by the time you check, it's already there. Okay. Um, but so is it the, like, I know we're supposed to talk about NXT right now, but is the finals going to be Yo and uh, Hiromu? Yes. And no, we always got to catch everyone up on the week in case you just listen yeah. to podcasts and you don't watch wrestling. Um, yeah, it's Yo and Hiromu, which is exciting. Yo went on a losing streak at the beginning and came back and he beat Yo. Uh, which was the big rivalry, and Yo getting kind of a push here. Now, I don't think it's a question who's going to win, unless they're worried right. Hiromu about Hiromu somehow. But uh, And he should win. I mean, I, I think that that's perfect. That draws, that's the spot, and you want that he Hiromu match for Wrestle Kingdom. Considering the, the Hiromu versus Despi match was really fucking great. Uh, as as it, Like, why the fuck wouldn't it be, right? So, yeah. um good stuff going on there i haven't watched any of the tag stuff the average age in this tag league is like 40 um but you know no surprise there it's gonna be dangerous techers against naito and sonata which is no different than like when it well i guess it is a little different but how often did we see evil and sonata and now we have naito and sonata so well they needed a spot for evil because i mean i mean for naito because uh I mean, are we looking at, I mean, was he supposed to win the G1? We don't know, really. Um, he was uh, one of the favorites until his injury. Um, Who knows? So they got to get Naito on that card somehow. Yeah, so there it is. Uh, absolutely. He he definitely has to be on it. And I would wa- I want him to go against someone from Noah, too, as he has been unmentioned in that talk. So, I mean, I'd love to see him go against someone for that third Wrestle Kingdom show, but... I, yeah, and plus, you know, he's probably still healing a bit because yeah. they put him right. He's tagging now, so he's not having to work, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, as hard. So I think that's part of it too. Is let's let him tag for a few months, and then we can kind of give him something going into the spring. I totally agree. Um, New Japan, it's been almost hard lately. It is so cold. Probably this is maybe the coldest I've ever seen the product. No one's talking about it. I mean, I'm. Yeah. T- I, I talked to you about it, and that's about it. Um, I don't mm-hmm. even listen to New Japan podcasts a- anymore, really, which is kinda... Yeah, I still listen to Super J-Cast. I just, I enjoy it, so, um, and I just haven't been, I haven't really caught it too often. Um, like I said, I don't really like the way the format is for, with, uh, best, the way they format it on the website, it's a little hard to tell which is which. Oh, yeah. You know, no, that's terrible. Th- yeah, but, um... I also don't feel like I have to go out of my way to see it. Um, yeah, so we're I've probably kinda, losing wanna, listeners by talking about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll go and, you know, be a vulture and scrap it, take a look at certain things. Like, I want to see some... I hear that El Phantasmo's had a good tournament. I want to take a look at some of the stuff oh, yeah. he's been doing. Um, yeah, definitely has changed up his style a little bit. Uh, 
the the rope walk slow rope walk he's more exciting he doesn't do the slow rope walk he kind of unless it's really called for um he had a match with uh taguchi that was a total comedy match that was actually pretty fucking good so They're both good taguchi is really good he's a little underrated taguchi is really good i mean shit we should probably have focused him on a little bit more in the comic because i think he just makes it work a little bit better because he can uh, i brought him up yeah, we did. We should have given him a little more run. But but, but um, he yes, he's a great comedy and serious wrestler. He can switch it on and off uh, like a little light switch. And no, he's been going for a long time too. You go and watch his it, matches with Finn Balor as his partner. Amazing. Right. Apollo 55. Apollo 55, um, yeah. Definitely, uh, I think El Fantasmo should be probably a heavyweight at some point too. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's he's kind of he's kind of got that ZSJ body. He, he's thicker than Z, yeah. ZSJ he's though, but like he's a, tall. In way, he's in, in he's almost like a Kenny clone in a way too. How so? Um, well, he's Canadian. He started out as a light heavyweight. He's in the Bullet Club. There's a lot of I things could that see are those, similar. but his style is is really different to me. Although he does try that one win angel, and that's been a part of the story. Um, yeah, but. Uh, he's t- he's told a great story in this tournament. You know, he's had some questioning whether he should do heel tactics. He's tried to get the one-winged angel. Uh, just a cool little story there that no one's talking about online. He seems like a guy, too, that would have a completely different move set if he was a babyface. So I, I don't and know if I told you this or who I mentioned, but he was a babyface for most of his career until he joined New Japan, which is hard to believe almost. Okay. Because he's a kind Where of a natural he, I, heel. Yeah, I mean, I've just known him for the last three years or so. Um, Rev Pro, I think, or uh, Rev, Rev Pro. Pro. Oh, he did stuff over there. Okay. Um, all right, let's just do some NXT. I think we're all caught up. I mean, uh, we, you know, we had that Hook debut that <laughs> I, I knew that he was Taz's son, and he was kind of just like this little sidekick gay, but guy, but he finally just had a match, and everybody is super impressed, it seems. And we haven't seen it. But uh, he, right. he is like Ty Conti in a way where he was really popular but didn't, like, show up on TV a ton. But uh, they said this match was good. I heard there was a lot of judo moves. I heard the, uh, the tag team match was really good, which is much better than their terrible fucking match at Triple A's show, which that whole show was a gimmick in itself i sent you some of those videos of some of the shit on yeah. that like did you see the the guy uh it was oh uh, who's the announcer on smackdown was it Corey graves brother uh adonis did you right. did you see him do that that's that like was it a moonsault that he just missed completely missed doesn't he have like some kind of like maga gimmick or something over he, there he did back in the day i don't that was like years ago because i don't know anymore right. but he, he kind of got on on cmll doing that but uh, nowadays he is still a heel. So, uh, but Sam Adonis, Sam right? Adonis, yeah, he right. he just totally blew that fucking splash, and there is other awkward stuff too on that show. I mean, every match had its own awkwardness, even the five man, um, even the five man. So, not much to say about that show, um, and that's probably for the better. But we do have a good amount to talk about, and that is uh, NXT. NXT people, Justin, um, you a fan of NXT right now? Right now, right now. Um, I'm. I like colors, so I like the new logo because I just like colorful stuff. 
So you are an artist. Just from in this, I like the colors. Uh, I've seen some of the aesthetics they're giving the show right now, and um, it does have like an old studio show vibe. Um, but is it what? And there's just a, you know, I, honestly, I did watch most of war, some war games, and this maybe is just me. I was a little frustrated with it because I just didn't know who anybody was. I haven't been really watching the product um, since they've done the switch over, even a little bit before they did the switch over. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of it is just a time thing, just not having the time to do all of it. Um, well, I mean, let's but, be honest here, uh, not making the time either because you watch some wrestling. I mean, you know, yeah, you yeah, could easily well, switch. Yeah, not, so, I mean, to, I mean, I'm just saying. Know, choosing to consume my time with other things. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you got to cut things out at some point. But uh, I mean, I don't watch the weekly show. Um, I hear about it. You know, I hear people talk about it. But right, right. It's not must-see like it, it used to be. But um, comparing it to what it was, it, it's definitely not the same. Um, it doesn't mean it's not a good product, but it's definitely not what it used to be. Um, it was one of those things where it wasn't broke, but they fixed it or they tried to break it so they could fix it. <laughs> it's like if, you know, you're a kid and you want a new pair of shoes, maybe you get your shoes ripped or, you know, you purposely <laughs> kind of, uh, you know, will destroy your shoes or something like that so your parents will get you new ones. Oh, see, there's a hole in them, you know? Yeah. Uh, it seems like they did that with NXT. Well, I mean, uh, this... Over the last two years. I think there was a little bit of embarrassment from the mon- the Wednesday Night Wars and, you know, just from what I've heard and they want a, you know, Triple H kind of got, I mean, he got, uh, they asked for it really. I mean, they, it wasn't AEW on Wednesday first and then they put themselves on Wednesday. No, NXT has been on Wednesday for, for years. But uh, and uh, and and when AEW it was on the WWE Network on Wednesday nights. Uh, SmackDown right. was on Tuesdays. SmackDown Live for a little while. AEW or uh, NXT Wednesdays. They just went to live TV. Second. Uh, um, yeah. Well, NXT was usually not live, right? It was always recorded. Um. I th- yeah. I think that's. I think that's the case. Yeah. I think they yeah. just had their takeovers live. But no. Uh, AEW originally wanted to do what Tuesday nights. I think that was the original uh, t- copyright or excuse me trademark was Tuesday Night Dynamite, and they had to go to Wednesday because of the NBA, and you know of course the rumors were NXT or WWE was like oh they came into our space and it's like what the fuck dude. I'm not going into your space, but um, nobody. You know what? If people want to watch stuff, they watch it on demand now. Like the ratings don't really mean anything anymore because people are consuming things in so many different ways. Um, I, I think they mean a little you know. bit. Like if something is truly must see, like the CM Punk debut, like people will watch it. But as far as yeah. week to week, like AEW do, does pretty good numbers on DVR. And I mean, my sister. Uh, this is anecdotal, but my sister and my brother in law, huge AEW fans, they never watch it live, bro. Even if it's big, big stuff is happening. Right. I mean, yeah. people are have lives. They got stuff going on, and don't even like get Let's started on West Rampage. Unless you have DirecTV, you don't really even have yeah, the Yeah, well, what's with that? I've heard people say, oh, but the West Coast, the West, what does that mean? Well, um, AEW comes on, you know, 8 o'clock. If you just mm. have regular cable out here, you have to watch it at 8 p.m., which is 11 p.m. on the East. 
therefore it's not happening live. It doesn't um, start at 5 p.m.? It does if you have, like, direct TV. Yeah. You can watch, like, the East Coast feed. That's kind of fucked you know. up, dude. So you can hear about all the news before the show comes on? Oh, but that's been an issue back in the day with Raw. We didn't get Raw till 9 p.m. in the Attitude Era when it had already been oh on my the God. East Coast. But spoilers were a little harder, or e- let's just say not a little harder to come by, but a lot easier to avoid back then. Mm-hmm. Unless you had some friend calling you from, you know, the East Coast. Oh, my God. Da, 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 or you, you know? called the Wrestling Observer hotline. So I guess, if they got it up there that fast. No, yeah, that, that okay. I've heard that issue. I've heard Alvarez talk about that being on the West Coast. Oh, I watched the West Coast feed, so. Right, that means he just watches it at 8 p.m. or whatever time it is on the east coast yeah because that's usually how it is if you have you know whatever our cable system out here is you don't get that live feed uh east coast feed from uh direct tv yeah okay now understood now our listeners understand if but on the west coast yes. those people are like dude we've already known we've dealt well, with yeah it. But, but we also have there's advantages we get 10 a.m football which is great 10 and 1 p.m football games, uh, okay uh, which are great because then you're you know you don't have to sacrifice your entire day. So. And then when you guys have football on the West Coast, what does it start at like 10 p.m. on the East Coast? Like late games? Uh, if there's like a Monday night football game, no, those always start at 5. They'll start okay. 5. So that's what I'm saying is SmackDown was recording out here at 4.45 p.m. is when the show started. 5 o'clock. Mm, so you yeah. got all these people that work till 5 o'clock in L.A. Yeah. Getting out to a show is very difficult um, if they, unless they take... A half day at work or something like that. Um, if it's on the East Coast, that's an 8 p.m. start, and people have plenty of time to get there. So, I feel just, like uh, you know. Mountain Time has it best. We get it right at 6 p.m., like after you're getting off work, not too late, you know? Yeah, right when you get home and put your keys down and settle down, you pop it on. Yeah, that's that's And you don't have to worry about going to bed too late. Yeah. Oh, well, that that's cool, man. I like that. Um, but no, the West Coast, uh, you know, you guys are kind of getting screwed. So, uh, back to NXT, <laughs> back to NXT and the beginnings of NXT. And we were talking about it earlier, but uh, the beginnings of NXT was not a wrestling organization. You know what I mean? It was a fucking mm-hmm. reality show. And right, with like challenges and all that. Yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't watching it, and I know I don't think you were a big wrestling fan at that point, or at least you weren't watching hardcore. Uh, did you ever catch one of these old shows, NXT? I cannot say I did. Um, I'm guessing they weren't very good, man, because like I, I never heard really, anyone even talk about them. NXT wasn't on. It was on USA too, I believe, but NXT sci-fi. Was on the, or it sci-fi for on season one. WWE.com or whatever. Um, uh, NXT wasn't really on my radar probably until when I, yeah, probably mid 2014, uh, you know, by the time it was, time I was getting back in an, uh, um, a wrestling group, a yeah, promotion. Cause you remember they, I, I think it was the, it was, it was almost like that, you know, secret menu item, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, uh, I do remember, and we will definitely get into that here. Um, so, as far as this reality show, yeah, it was like an elimination-style reality show. But the cool thing about uh, NXT, the show, is that a lot of people got jobs from it in WWE, and a lot of pe- a couple people have gone on to have 
uh, pretty intense wrestling careers. So we look at the first season here, season one, and mm-hmm. we had, these were the contestants, um, Wade Barrett, David Otunga, Justin Gabriel, Heath Slater, Darren Young, uh, well, Skip Sheffield, but we know him as Ryback, um, right. Daniel Bryan, and Michael Tarver, Tyrone Evans. Wow, I don't even know him, to be honest. But, uh, I mean, all these guys that I listed have had careers and are still wrestling today. Uh, yeah. Except David Otunga. He's not wrestling. He's like a WWE commentator backstage guy. I don't even think he's doing that anymore. He, I haven't seen him for a while. He is uh, currently signed with them as a, co- oh, a panelist. He? Yeah, but what does that mean? How, you know, how does WWE release all these dudes when David Otunga still has a job? He must have done a lot of really great things for the company. Well, I think for a while, you know, he was married to Jennifer Hudson. So maybe mm. they were hoping they can get her for something, so they kept her. That's got to be that. That's got to be. But it. he was doing commentary. He was doing uh, like pre-show and like maybe you know those um, post shows they do. Um, yeah, yeah. Smack and those. I mean, they probably use him for those things. And let's be honest, on those pre-shows, bro. Like, I don't know, man. They they hire some people that is just questionable for those. Um, but. Skip Sheffield, Ryback with the uh, Skip Sheffield cowboy gimmick there. And, you know, in the show, they all had their, like, they had their pro wrestlers with them. You know what I mean? That sponsored them and gave them advice. So, you know, it would suck if you got a really bad uh, wrestler to help you out. I like this, though. Darren Young had CM Punk as his uh, sponsor. That's pretty interesting that Fred Rosser had CM Punk helping him out. And Daniel yeah, Bryan had The Miz, which I've heard him talk about that. So And they've used that in storylines, don't forget, too. They, they have. used that on that Talking Smack thing where... Oh, uh, yeah. You know, The Miz just went off on him, and it was tremendous. It was great. Um, we're not going to list every wrestler that ever did Talking Smack, right. but I will say that on Season 2, the winner was Low Key. Low Key, great Great New Japan wrestler. Uh, seen him have incredible matches with Finn Balor or Fergal Devitt at the Prince Devitt. Um, so it's kind of no surprise that he won. But some other notable names from that season were Titus O'Neil, Alex Riley, mm. and uh, mm. of course Bray Wyatt was on that one as well, who had Cody Rhodes as his uh, sponsor. So too bad his old uh, sponsor hasn't called him up yet. Um, Side note, I saw Alex Riley probably a couple years ago at the Ralph's. That's a block away from my house. I like Alex Riley, dude. I think yeah. he's cool. I always thought he had a great, incredible look. Uh, I've heard people he, talk shit about him, but, like, I always thought he was really cool. I, I remember he tried to, like, he grew out the beard and all that yeah. stuff and really Long tried hair. to chain things up for his right before they released him. He Speaking tried of NXT, he was an, an announcer in NXT. Right. I know he was trying to change things up right before they released him. Mm. Um, I, I don't know what that was, probably 2016 or something like that. I mean, dude, I remember him announcing an NXT, and I was fascinated. They had a thing where he, like, ripped the headset off and went into the ring, and you never really see much of that, like where the announcer straight up gets physical uh, and tries right. to wrestle. So that was cool. He was also on the show Glow. He played... 
the wrestler that the the secondary chick had a little uh, fling with. So there oh, you go. Yeah, that, yeah, right, right. Um, Unfortunately, that show got canceled too. He, they got canceled just like he who shall not be named, who was also on that show as Mister Monopoly. Yes. Um. So he was. Uh, they had a little uh, thing after that. Now we're talking like 2010, 2011 era here. Then they had some kind of bullshit like. You know, like, oh, all the old losers come back. They did another season where Caitlyn, uh, who I follow on Instagram, and I recommend you all do, uh, she won. And then they just, you know, they did AJ Lee. She was cool. Um, Johnny Kurt Fandango won, uh, had a great cool. career. So, and then just some other redemption uh, bullshit like that. Um, not a whole lot to say about this reality show. Um I don't think. I mean, not a lot of people even talk about it to this day. However, there is something that came from this reality show that a lot of people have talked about. And I'm not talking about the NXT uh, wrestling brand. It's something else. Do you know what I'm getting to here? Uh, go on a little bit. Uh, it was a uh, stable in wrestling that I've heard a lot oh, of people right. say was an amazing angle and then um yeah the nexus was an amazing time so the nexus uh debuted by just totally ripping apart the ring and all that stuff do have you gone back and watched that i have not i i i I mean at least maybe some of the pay-per-views i have but definitely not any of the those invasion angles kind of thing yeah it was a total invasion and i've heard a lot of people say to this day like it was one of the coolest things the coolest angles they've seen in modern uh wwe because it was the uh 2010 viewers choice episode of raw so the main event was uh punk versus cena big match right and Mm. they just these guys just invaded and they attacked everyone they tapped justin roberts of obviously uh we had daniel bryan choking out justin roberts with the tie which got him fired from the company um and you had all these guys from nxt so it's a really cool angle and you think about it this like weird reality show now all of a sudden like some of these contestants are just like here and fucking everybody up so i thought that was kind of cool and the nexus actually had a good little history here which uh it looks like cm punk was the leader for a little bit um John. Well, also, I always hear it's one of those things where people <clears throat> talk about how it was cut short for no reason. And really? And Cena killed all of them when he took them all on four-on-one or something like that. Oh, it was one of those <laughs> Super Cena came out and just ended it? Yeah. Yeah, it looks like after that they did a new Nexus. I'm reading here. Cena defeated Barrett in the main event and after the match dropped 23 steel chairs from the stage on him. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. There you go, man. They uh yeah. Cena got his th- victim of Super Cena, right? Yeah. So, I will say this, Darren Young um has said that the Nexus was actually supposed to return and they were booked to return as far as at WrestleMania 36, man. Um and a year later a documentary about the Nexus was canceled with Darren Young theorizing it was because Daniel Bryan left WWE. So, 
could be possible. Yeah. I'm just reading that. It's like, I didn't even know that, dude. But he's kind of just a footnote in it. He's not really like a main. That's yeah, interesting. That's true. Um, let's see. It's This is kind of funny, too. In eight, 2018, the Nexus reunited at Chikara. And they became the Nexus Alliance with uh, Fred Rosser, PJ Black, and Tyrone Evans being a little Which trio. What year was that? That was 2018. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, shout out to the Nexus. Um, I kind of am sad that we didn't get to see that happen live. It sounds like it would have been pretty fun. Um, but, I mean, like any good thing in WWE, you know, what happens to it. Uh Nexus also won Feud of the Year in PWI, uh, one of the ha- most hated wrestlers of the year, Rookie of the Year. Um, so there you go. And the only guy who was in it for its entirety was David Otunga, baby. So And he got wrestler, uh, uh, he, what was that? He got he Rookie the of the Year. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I think it's funny, though, that John Cena was actually part of the group for like a few months. Like was he? I know that yeah. him and Otunga were ta- like mismatched tag team champs for a minute. Oh right? boy! Wow, that's that's a, that's a little sad. Um, and it, here we see that this is the funny thing I read here. I remember I talked about all oh, NXT, the Nexus, and like so many of these people have been successful. Only three people are still employed with WWE consistently: hmm. Barrett, Cena, and Otunga. That's it. Barrett's so. doing NXT, and he was gone for a couple years, it felt like. He was, and after his did, I've like, got some bad news. That was good stuff. I really I don't that. know about that. I liked it. Um, and then he did some commentary for NWA for a minute when they had to fire oh. Jim Cornette for making that inappropriate joke. The, the, um, uh, the ch- chicken sandwich. Yeah, I remember that. I don't remember the Can you repeat the joke to us, please? No, I, I, I don't care. <laughs> I'm not going to look into it. Because um, even Cornette was great on that, too. Uh, NWA is one of those things that really, when they had that NWA uh, Power uh, weekly episodes on YouTube, I really enjoyed that show. Nick Aldis' promo was like one of the all-time great promos I've seen, yeah, honestly. They, that was such a, a very underratedly good product back then. Uh, unfor- and they, they even had a few shows going... Uh, during the start of the pandemic that helped get us through the beginning. No, dude, it's still not bad, bro. Like, honestly, I saw their women's show a few months ago. It was pretty damn good, actually. It's just they went completely behind a paywall now, right, for the most part, mm. uh, with Fight TV and stuff. So It was definitely um, a pay-per-view. Yeah, I think they've kind of gone behind a paywall now. I could be wrong. But when Power was just a YouTube show. Oh, yeah. Um, it was cool. They stuff. had the fake ads. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really I really enjoyed that. And they were even doing these kind of little vignette-style shows during the pandemic um, that were pretty entertaining as well. Like, you know, Eli Drake at the time even was doing, like, a little podcast, and it was kind of fun to watch from his apartment really? and all that That's stuff. That's fun. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was actually really entertaining. Uh um, we I, li- I liked him a lot. NXT. Um, I know they gave him kind of a lousy name with LA Knight, but I think it's I've a cool name. He's from Drake. LA now, even though he's yeah. like a Southern guy, isn't he? No, I think I don't know where he's from. I think he's probably from somewhere 
like Maryland or something like that. It's but, weird um, because his name is L.A. Knight, and he has like almost like the Golden Knights logo, like the the knight thing. And it's uh, like he's not from L.A. And like, why well, is I mean, he a he, knight? He did. He was living out in L.A. until he signed with NXT. So he was uh, doing a lot of bar wrestling. Even uh, he, you know, my kids get a, used to get a haircut from this woman at this barber shop. She cut his hair and stuff like that. <laughs> so, and he, I know he lives in the area. I saw him at, at at a gym I was going to for a while too. So he lived in this area. So I think that's where he gets the L.A. thing from. Oh, okay. Um, so it, it and, and it sounds like Eli, Eli L.A. So you know he was looking for that thing. You go Eli Drake, L.A. Knight. He was looking I, for that. I think so. Yeah, three syllable or whatever name. I I I agree. Dummy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like, he, he's a good talker. So I like him. He's cool. Yeah, me too. Um, although you know he is considered the old heads on NXT, which is funny because he's not been in the company that long. I, mean, um, I think he was um, in NXT probably circa 13, 14-ish. Really? And then they released him, and then that's uh, when he went to Impact. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't remember. He, he wasn't Eli Drake. Well, he, uh, he, I think he wasn't Eli Drake. He might have been somebody else, some other name. Yeah, he, okay. You know, funny, he made his, he actually was, his first WWE appearance was in 2008 on ECW. Uh, teaming with Gene Snitsky against Crime Time, but that was just jobber work, right? Right. So, right. Uh, he, yeah, what they call it, day work, uh, you know, day laborer kind of work. So he was called Slate Randall and defeated Yoshitatsu, a, a, all Japan wrestling's Yoshitatsu, in a dark match uh, for NXT and did a little bit. Okay, Slate Randall, Baron Baron Corbin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. Okay, yeah, so cool. He was. I, I, yeah, so he's had a little bit of a run there before, um, but uh, he—I don't know. It seems like one of those guys that Vince would love. Can talk, you know, great. No, look. He's not super tall though, but he does have a great not look. Super tall, but that's what I thought. You know, I thought Vince would fall in love with another guy like EC3, which never really came to fruition either. Yeah, that's true. And I was watching him tonight. Actually, he's on Final Battle tonight. He was wrestling right. with Rocky Romero and Yay. Brody King. Did you see any of that at all? No, no. I should check it out, though, later. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I mean, it's like their last big show, I guess, right? It's Unfortunate Bandito came down with COVID. And who replaced him? Jay, Jay Lethal. Lethal. Yeah, okay. I, I like Jay I, Lethal. Oh, Jay Lethal's great. So, yeah, so NXT... Um, kind of carried on from there right so what do we got going on next how did nxt evolve from so it, show well nexus it was fcw that turned into nxt in 2012 so fcw you go this was their developmental territory before that it was like way back in the day it was ohio valley and right. wwe has always had for listeners that might not be aware have had like a developmental territory where uh, you know, wrestlers go and they learn the ropes. They learn the way. Literally, yeah, literally. And in FCW, you had Dusty Rhodes working with the talent, and a lot of people like that we know today, maybe Bill Demont. But uh, FCW, you go back and watch FCW, you can see stuff like John Moxley versus Seth Rollins. Um, Roman Reigns was there back, so the whole Shield, um, John Probably Mox. Bray Wyatt was there too. 
Yep. The uh, Wyatts were there. A lot of, and it's funny because in the old FCW matches too, you can see like all the WWE posters in the background. But the whole thing with these developmental groups, and this is specifically with OVW, is what I've heard is that like they don't want you to be well known, too well known. You know, uh, I, I mean, they want you to learn there. And uh, it's kind of what they're turning into more. But the idea of televising de- developmental was kind of foreign because they want you to do a debut and then get big. They don't want you. They didn't want you to get big on developmental. But I guess times have changed now. And it's impossible to have that type of, uh, you know, format now it is because of the web right i mean it's always gonna pop up otherwise i mean if you're big enough and you're good enough someone's gonna film you wrestling and it's gonna words gonna get out under the wwe umbrella especially people are gonna want to know about it right and we know that nxt or excuse me wwe will try to monetize everything they can you know i've heard nick khan say if we could do eight hours of raw we would so it's not surprising that it's on tv now but uh it it wasn't uh originally this uh fcw they did tape stuff but it wasn't on the wwe network so that this change happened they renamed fcw and they moved it to full sail university god bless the old full sail what a great little venue that was huh for a little Mm -hmm. while there i always i really enjoyed what they did there and I guess just to give people the full context of OVW, basically that's known for uh, producing Randy Orton, John Cena, Batista, and Batista. Um, I think uh, a lot of people, Shelton Benjamin was there. Shelton Benjamin. Uh, Bobby Lashley was there. Um, Brock was there for a little bit. Under the control and of Jim Cornette, who I think that's where he slapped the hell out of Santino Morella, right? <laughs> I think so. Uh, I remember yeah. Cena saying, he's like, the first time I came into OVW, I was seeing like Brock Lesnar do Shooting Star Press and uh, fucking Lashley, this huge guy, and how intimidating it was. So, um, yeah, that, that was OVW back in the 2000s right uh early 2000s um developmental i think is currently run and owned and operated by al snow it's it's still a thing but you know wwe pulled that contract and i think part of the reason they wanted to do nxt instead of fcw going a little later is that they can run nxt completely right where fcw was fcw fcw might still run I, i and i'm not sure about that um let's see fc yeah i don't know yeah i don't see it here let's see okay so it's not around anymore and it was completely rebranded rebranded and became nxt um but it used to be an nwa members uh, championship wrestling from florida from 1961 so it was not owned by wwe and they wanted wwe and as they should they want to run their developmental and so in 2012 it changed they revamped the show and uh wanted it to run exclusively on uh new talent so we talk about this very very early uh nxt from i mean this was 2012 i guess to 2014 um what do you remember about the earliest nxt uh, from what you watched and we're talking from what i watched yeah. okay so bo my, dallas era first, cesaro 
see, I was even probably a little after that, Cassius Ono. Um, the the first time I, I can remember in my head right now with NXT coming on my radar was a Charlotte Flair versus Natalia match. Oh, yeah, yeah. With, okay. With Rick and Brett in their corners, respectively. Oh, I think that was the... Was that the later one or or No. I, I remember that match, and that was like a big. That was like that, and Sami Zayn, who is like a key member of this early NXT crew. Uh, Sami Zayn yeah. and Cesaro two out of three falls match was one that it's everyone was like, oh, it's so good. You got to watch these matches. That's what originally uh, got me in there. So that was probably yeah, two thousand thirteen, fourteen, right? Yeah, I think at least two thousand fourteen for me. But that first. Uh, thing I well I the Sami Zayn Neville, uh, you know program they were doing and of course um, yeah that I just remember with Brett and Flair in Charlotte and Natalia's corner and and the listeners got to understand something we say Charlotte we all fucking know Charlotte Charlotte we've ta- heard her talk about a million times Justin and I didn't know Charlotte right I mean except that she was Ric Flair's daughter. Well, yeah, I don't think anyone really did. No. I mean, well, if you'd been watching FCW or NXT, right, you had seen her before that. Well, but yeah, but I mean, she was per- purely, she wasn't like doing indies years before or anything. She was a pure, you know, women's volleyball player converted into a Now, she had, she'd been on WCW TV and stuff like that, but, you know, not as a wrestler, well, as obviously. A kid, it's just background yeah. and you know, as herself. Playing Rick's daughter, really. A- Ashley um, Flair, yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you think when you first saw it? Uh, did you enjoy it? Did Did you like the format, uh, the wrestlers? Um, you know, like I said, it was like a secret menu item. I felt like I was ordering an animal style burger. You know, like mm. this is different, and um, you know, uh, it it's just it was. You know where where matches were the emphasis rather than uh, storylines and silly kind of you know it just felt different, right? It just yeah. was something that um, you felt like you were the only person watching, and you discovered this big secret, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, there was no AEW. New Japan was a whole different thing. Um, and as far as American wrestling goes, you know, all we had really had was WWE and then other kind of indie type of stuff, like Ring of Honor and, you know, PWG, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I agree. Now, you know, it's funny. No one told me about it or anything. I just saw it on the network. Is that kind of how you came upon it? Or had you read about it? Um, it must have just been on the network. I don't even remember how I came across, you know, we're talking now geez almost you know eight ten years ago uh yeah this this was discovered right so by me so nine years ago when it started man that's crazy nine years ago it started i was 2014 is when it's on my radar because that's when i you know got back in from my laps okay Um, so i think just perusing the network um yeah is where you come came about and then when they had that weekly show um you know you would just catch up on it there well and it was cool too because like you're cruising the network you're looking through it and you're like what the fuck is this you know it's like okay it's called nxt it's like i don't get it is it wwe 
And I kind of got the gimmick at first. It was like next, right? Like next. I mean, we never said that word, but NXT, it don't stand that for anything. Was, it's just next. That was my impression when I when I saw that as the what it was called. And then kind of finding out like, oh, that's where the Wyatt family and the Shield started. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they were quote unquote brought up like it was truly a minor league affiliate that, you know, that you'd have in baseball or um, hockey. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I thought of it as well. But I'll say this, man. I watched it, and I liked the small atmosphere with the uh, the full sale, and the wrestling was just really good, man. Like, it was good. Yeah. Uh, it was better than a lot of, like, your regular Raw matches. It was It was also the, the beauty of NXT back in the day was one hour this little show that you could watch and it just breezed by and honestly you could credit nxt in that format and that presentation as what just absolutely exploded the indie movement well i I, I think I feel like NXT and from what I've heard is this was WWE wanting to create their own indie kind of it seemed like it they were trying to make something that was like well honestly they were kind of heading in that direction but if you're talking 2014 that's when they're they're you know that it really did have the feel of a PWG oh yeah uh, of a ring of honor a response to ring of honor and obviously um the way they were building NXT, they really were targeting uh, new Ring of Honor. I mean, obviously they were. I, whether they admitted it or not, they stole half their talent. Uh, or, you know. Yeah, especially over time. That's... So, uh, that's if yeah. you want to just look at um, the main roster and just WWE now, I would say probably more than half of them are tied to three organizations, PWG, Ring of Honor, and NXT. Yeah. Yeah, man. I agree. Um, yeah. Do you now? Do you know who the first NXT champion was? Uh, was that uh, Seth Rollins? It was. You know who he beat for the NXT championship in the finals of their tournament? Was this was the Cesaro? funny one. It was Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal. Okay. Who, when I first saw Jinder Mahal, I was like, he seemed like the jobber of all jobbers. And uh, that's a whole different story. We could probably do a whole episode on Jinder Mahal. Yeah, definitely. Is it the Jinder Mahal incident? (laughs) I mean, um, there's a guy who went through a transformation. I'll just put it that way. I feel like that's a worse incident than uh, the mass transit one. But uh, (laughs) that's terrible to say. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it was Seth Rollins, Big E, Langston back then was an FCW right. guy who won it from him. And then it was uh, Bo Dallas. Now, I, I remember people saying that Bo Dallas was so much better in NXT. I didn't watch him a lot, but I heard he would give slideshows and had these great little presentations, which, which didn't really uh, work at all on the main roster. I mean, the guy was like bad from the get go. I, I, I like Bo Dallas, so you're you're I disagree with you there. Okay. On the main roster? I like Bo Dallas in the main roster too. I loved all that stuff. Well, I'll let his achievements hilarious. speak for themselves. I mean he what does um, he even do I thought nowadays? They could have done a lot more with him and maybe a lot of that was him, but uh um 
I, I was a fan of all those Rotundo kids. I know maybe you weren't, so we're just uh, have opposite opinions there. I, that being said, I didn't really see any of his work in NXT. So um, I know he was the champ there for quite a while. Yeah. Um, and I think probably dropped his Neville before he got called up to the main roster, but then he did that whole um, Believe gimmick, which I, I I dug it. I dug it. Really? I dug it. Yeah. Well, there's got to be love, one fan, that, right? Or else he wouldn't those, sell any t-shirts. Those oblivious, cocky heels. I he, love that stuff. Huge yeah. fan of the B team, were you? Uh, not by then, because that's yeah. when they were kind of admitting their mediocrity, and I, I don't. Uh, that was. Uh, I thought it was kind of <laughs> cute, but not really. Not as big as Believe. Well, I thought he should have had his own stable and everything really he should have had his own he should have had his yeah all sorts of wrestlers just a bunch of jobbers telling him how great they were (laughs) that that sounds pretty good yeah come on almost as uh almost as good a gimmick as adam rose um you know what's funny i was just thinking about him too Um, talk about old school nxt huh and a guy who actually went on the main roster sadly uh had a little bit of a jeff hardy issue there um and well, he actually well, he had a domestic abuse, didn't he? He was arrested, and, and ultimately, it really killed his career. But oh, he yeah. was cleared of it very quickly, almost if I remember correctly. That was another guy who I thought great look, a little bit different mm-hmm. of a gimmick. They could have really taken it in a, in another direction. They could have turned the bunny story there. into something great. I, I really think they could have made him into this kind of, like, cult leader that had a dark side. I feel like Bo Dallas should have been the cult leader, honestly. But, yeah. uh, but I, I... Either one of them could have worked with that. But, um, and, well, a lot of the who's who were the Rosebuds, right? Now? Oh, God. I don't know who were the Rosebuds. Who were the uh, Rosebuds? Becky Lynch. Yeah. uh, Braun Strowman. Uh, uh, I I remember a lot of uh, of those, of the, uh, a lot of those, a lot of the, the, you know, the stars of today were Braun Strowman. I think I remember Simon Gotch in it, Braun Strowman. Alexa Bliss. Uh, Alexa Bliss. uh, There you go. Let's see. Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Braun Strowman, Bull Dempsey. uh, Let's see. Who else do we know? Deanna Deanna Perazzo. There you go. Um, Let's see. Mandy Leone. Nikki Storm. Nikki Storm. Who is that? Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross. There you go. Uh, Scarlett Bordeaux, <laughs> Simon go. Gotch, Tessa Blanchard. There you go. And uh, Thea Trinidad, otherwise known as Zelina Vega. So, wow. Good call on that. The Rosebuds. Yeah. So, th- this. F- and that, that was a gimmick they really focused on in the E60 feature, right? Um, Tell me that about they it. They did a few years ago that ESPN were focused on Leo, it, it, Leo Kruger. That's what his yeah Leo Kruger South too. African Adam Rose he had the son that had that condition right and mm-hmm. um, uh, was it Xavier Woods and I can't remember who the third was was it uh, Tyler Breeze as far as what goes oh well, the E sixty I didn't watch yeah. that E sixty all the way through it was excellent it was excellent. I, I saw yeah. the Adam Rose part and thought that was good but uh, I didn't Xavier Woods was not part of New Day back then, right? And I like I wasn't as fascinated by him as I would be now I, as I, he's I, become he a was. huge Okay, I he think was. It was 
towards the beginning of the new day um because they were they've been doing new day a while this oh is, yeah you know, new day started in like 2014 talk so. about a whole episode i mean dude we could talk about how i yeah. thought the gimmick was completely racist when it started come to find out that those three dudes put it together themselves so it was it was not but you know they you know they yeah. originally one of their names was the amen the amen get it the uh, amen yeah. i think they just kind of uh they wanted to do something together as uh, Steve Austin would say, they took sh- chicken shit and turned it into chicken salad for sure, though, as far as oh, their man. gimmick made, and stuff. They made right? a Popeye's chicken sandwich. They made it, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Future Hall of Famers there and currently some of the biggest, one of the biggest acts in the company, uh, each individually. One of the greatest tag teams of all time. Yes. So, and that all gets a start in FCW as well as Big E was the second champion. Um, and Xavier Woods, whatever he was called back then, you know, Creed or what, I, I don't know what his name was. The guy has a great shoot name that could be used. What is a, his shoot know, name? Austin Watson. Austin, Austin Watson. Austin Watson, I believe. Yeah. That is a good one, huh? That's, that's a... We can do a whole list of wrestlers that have better shoot names than wrestling names that could be oh you know what dude it's don't get me started because i was in a voice wrestling chat a couple weeks ago and we were reading off the new nxt names and they've gotten worse and worse and worse so bad to the point where we played a game i was doing a random name generator and having the guys guess is this a random name generated or a nxt name and no one knew Oh, that's funny. You know? Your, your middle name and the street you grew up on. Yeah, that kind of like that is much better than the names they're giving referees now. They're giving referees yeah. fucking fake names, bro. LaShawn, yeah. LaShondra, and shit like that. So uh, that was, you know, this this era of Seth Rollins, Big E, Bo Dallas, I feel like that was its own little NXT era, almost pre-TakeOver NXT. And uh, so after that, we kind of move into TakeOver NXT, but... We're going to take a quick break. We're back here. How was how was your break, Justin? It was wonderful. I just saw the Kings won, and uh, they did. Who'd they my, play? My. They played the Minnesota Wild, who had won eight games in a row. So, isn't the Wild um, like generally good? Like Minnesota's yeah, a hockey they're, they're, place. At least they give the Kings trouble every year. Um, I didn't go to the game tonight. Uh, my friend took his wife. So, um, you know, it's the ongoing story is time. Justin's watching of the Kings live. Yeah, I actually didn't watch it tonight. I just kind of, you know, been to a lot of games lately. So, uh, and this came up. So, uh, you know, I just kind of followed it with you know on Twitter and stuff, but. Uh, Back to NXT. Where would where did we leave NXT. off? NXT. So we left off at the first little bit of NXT, moving on to the first, I guess what I would call takeover era, and this is right. kind of when the takeover started. And quickly, uh, these takeovers became must-see wrestling events. But um, I mean, I I don't know. These are for me, man. Honestly. Some of these beginning takeovers are some of the most memorable wrestling moments for me. And honestly, I think some of those takeovers I almost enjoy more than I enjoy some AEW pay-per-views nowadays. Um, They were so good. Uh, Do you remember these takeovers kind of when they started? And they were in, they did the... 
takeover is in full sale. I just remember like looking at the cards and thinking of how like number one every match was just looked great. Yeah. And then there would only be like four to five matches on the card. And you're like, yeah. is that enough to fill a two hour show? And you're damn right it was. And it was just it was just really quality over quantity. Yeah, man. I mean, uh I'm looking at the second one. It's like it almost the card doesn't look as good as what we're what I'm talking about, but it was kind of getting there. Um, the Ascension, which is a well-known terrible wrestling team, um, a lot of fans from them from how bad their the team was. You remember the Ascension? I remember them being kind of badasses in NXT and then just an absolute joke once oh in the main roster dude these were guys that got paid for months to do nothing on the main roster how lucky is that you know well I mean I I I didn't really I just remember their their the way they were presented on NXT as kind of like an acolyte type of group where they just leveled everybody um Mm. But by the time they were brought up and they and they had the lights shined on them brighter, you know, I, I used to, you know, think of NXT to the main roster that sometimes uh, NXT, the way, it, it, I don't know if this is a negative way to say it, but when you were watching people in NXT, it was almost like the beer goggles. And then when they, mm-hmm. you know, brought them up to the main roster, for some reason, they just were... I don't know if that they were just presented differently and they just did not look as good. I I honestly point. I honestly think they were told to wrestle differently on the main roster, man. I think that they wrestled a different house style. I really think that's the case because you can't tell me that Shinsuke Nakamura, you know, just we had beer goggles on when he was in NXT because when this guy went to the main roster, like we had seen him before. But I'm saying in a way where, for whatever reason, it just wasn't the same when they came up, it, you know? And it, never ha- it never has been, man. And it, it's very few guys have made it over um, and, and were able to, you know, maintain that for very long. Um, there was always a little bit of a, a crossover where it, it worked for a while, but it was almost like... If anyone from NXT came over and was getting too popular, they would just like suicide bomb or something. Like I, like it, they would not let it get too far. Well, you know? why don't we use this opportunity to take a talk about call ups because this right. has been one of the most controversial parts of NXT. Well, first of all, just kind of starting by saying that um, the era of NXT that we're very fond of. And what build up its name, for the most part, can be credited to Triple H, right? Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Who was kind there of were the other writers behind it as well that I don't remember their names. I'm I'm sorry to say, but I remember there were there were takeover shows that were so fucking good, and it, it would come out like people would be like, "Who's the writer for that?" You know, because they were just incredible. Um, you know, Takeover Brooklyn, which was just one of WWE's best pay-per-views of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I, I probably I scribbled down a few of my favorites things that you know we could kind of go through as we uh, you know 
yeah even a little more yeah definitely um before we get to that like as far as these call-ups go man i mean so i mean i think you and i would agree and all the wrestling fans know that in a way the call-up is a sign of death for an nxt wrestler in a way um as you said there's been some success but i mean you know all i have to say is one word man and that's ricochet i mean yeah you know well, Triple H used like these to guys you, to their strengths, and yeah, go ahead. Can you tell me a timestamp in your mind when there for a while you wanted to see these guys come up and be on Raw and SmackDown, right? Yeah. And then it got to a point where, like, you know what? I don't want them to ever bring this guy up. I th- I, I think the clear line there was was between Alistair Black and Tommaso Ciampa because we had all these people go up to the main roster. Only some had success, right? So the only ones that were really successful were Kevin Owens and Finn Balor. Um, I mean, besides that, man, all these guys that were called up before then, y- yeah, Seth Rollins, Big E, but that was like super early NXT. And they yeah, both went on. Yeah, before NXT was stealing shows and y- y- yeah. outperforming the main roster the night before in the same building with these takeovers. And there was a few guys that came, or a few performers that came out of NXT that end up doing better on the main roster. Tyson Kidd, I think. Um, he was with that's Cesaro. That's one that I didn't catch, but people like, you know, maybe uh, Baron Corbin. Yeah, um, Baron Corbin was better had, on the main roster. Has far super, um, one person who I kind of thought would, Elias, was another one that wasn't. And he was called that, up early too. He was one of those people that was kind of called up quick. So I had a feeling that like they really Vince wanted him. Must have saw him. Yeah. Um, and there was one that I actually kind of predicted that I thought would be way big. There's a few that I thought would be way bigger on the main roster. And Lacey Evans was one of them. I know oh. she's not there. Well, women are like a whole hiatus. different story, man. I, I feel yeah. like women because you got the four horse women who are all some of the best top wrestlers in the world now, um, as far as women go. Um, you know, Nikki Ash, who, who had her gimmick, Alexa her crazy, Bliss, who was crazy, a manager at the time. Yeah. With, uh, a manager Blake and Wesley, Wesley, what was it Wesley Blake and Chris uh, Blake Murphy, and Blake and Murphy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Carmella was kind of a manager for Enzo and Cass. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, the women ha- were used, um, and all the old quote unquote divas were kind of pushed out i mean i think even Paige was part of nxt very Paige early was nxt women's champ don't forget yeah. when she debuted with the title still they okay and, she was uh, yep she beat uh aj lee in that little impromptu thing right after wrestlemania 30 mm-hmm. and she actually beat emma in the finals of an eight woman tournament to win that um there you go so yeah but the women i mean They've been used they, generally they well, except maybe Kyrie Sane. They spearheaded what women's wrestling became over the yeah. next few years. It was all because of NXT, at least in North America. Oh, yeah. They've been, uh, this whole reason why women's wrestling is being so taken seriously now, and it's must-see, and you had, you know, women, uh, you had females... Uh, headline WrestleMania was because of NXT. I, I agree. Uh, so as far as women goes, the call-ups were generally good. I'm looking at the list of women champions. The only two 
that I see that maybe were misused or not used all the way correctly were Ember Moon and Shayna Baszler, who is still on the roster, so it's yet to be seen. But Ember Moon wasn't really given much uh, on main roster for some reason. And we've talked about her. We both would love to see her in AEW. And uh, Shayna Baszler has... They kind of changed her character where she was this badass woman in NXT and... She's a little different now. She's doing some comedy matches and stuff. So we'll see what happens to Io Shirai, man. That's going to be a, a big question mark, right? Well, I don't see her getting called up. Is she called up? That's why I said we'll see. Yeah. Raquel Gonzalez. Um, I mean, all the women now, um, which half of them you probably don't know. you got Toxic Attraction. And uh, honestly, they bring out a new woman every week. And I'm like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> well, I guess that's just that's what the show is now. <laughs> Casey Catanzaro, who's been in NXT for years and years. Uh, who else has been in NXT? Uh, what's her name? Dakota Kai, dude, has been in NXT for like fucking six years. Yeah, she's seen, but uh, she's good. She's evolved her character here and there because I think when when I first noticed her, she was basically like a Bailey clone. She was, yeah. She was and like the cute, happy range. Happy yeah. go go lucky girl, um, yeah. And she, she's she showed some range, um, in the last few years. When you think of the NXT Women's Title, is there a certain wrestler that comes to mind? Oscar. Yeah, I totally agree. Oscar, who was Asuka. undefeated in NXT. Um, I mean, she held the championship for how long? Five hundred and ten days, which yeah. was a hundred days more than uh Shayna Baszler so and she beat everybody yeah she she was except for maybe did she ever beat Charlotte during that run I know she beat Bailey Nia Jax I think she came up wrestled Charlotte at Wrestlemania and then finally lost she That's, won the Royal Rumble after undefeated streak and that was a very appropriate uh person to lose to for the undefeated streak definitely Asuka who I believe honestly is the best uh used Wim, uh, Japanese wrestler in WWE, maybe WWE history. Um, uh, she, I would, I, it's hard to argue with that. It, well, it, well, being that know, she's they, won they like were... every single title in the company, dude. Yes, yeah, she has, including yes. Money in the Bank and Royal Rumble, and um, she's just still going. Yeah. She's injured now, I think. I think. She's healing up from some type of um, arm or something injury, but um, I mean, she's my age she's 40 so you know still going see how much she wears a thong over her shorts dude who thought of that genius revolutionary revolutionary um so yeah i mean we talk about bad call-ups uh you know ricochet man is ricochet not like the ultimate example though i mean this guy who was one of the most talked about wrestlers in the whole world outside of wwe you know, you want to you want to you want to talk about opposite ends of the spectrum. Let's talk about where Ricochet's from their from their famous match in the best of the Super Juniors in what two twenty seventeen or something. Um, Ricochet and Will Ospreay. Yeah, and and think about uh, didn't uh, who won that match? Is it? It wasn't even. Well, they've had a time. few, but the, the they've right. had a few, but there was that one that was really famous, and I think Will Ospreay that, won right. with the Oscar. Okay. Well, anyway, um, guys that we're seeing are pretty much as peers, like even oh, level, yeah. right? 
That is like the and, best, the two best high flyers in the world right now in New Japan. Right. And two of the most exciting wrestlers in the world mm-hmm. to this day. Um, well, yeah, and just think about the direction where Ricochet is basically a, a mid-card jobber. If that, bro. Mid-card is yeah. being really nice about it. Like, he's a low-card um, wrestler. He's he's a, a 205 guy. which he's a spot guy. Yeah. Look, I've heard people say, fuck, I'd be a 205 guy. And it's like, I would too, sure, but no, I'm, not, I'm, not yeah. a, I'm not a professional wrestler with aspirations. You know what I mean? But um, if you do not... If you do not give a dynamic promo, that's what happens to you in in, in the biggest company in the world, WWE. What about Bobby so, Lashley? What about Brock Lesnar? You, unless it's just unless something you're undeniably six foot five and huge, right? Unless you're just something undeniably physically. Um, but Ricochet has imposing. that, bro. He has huh? the. Fi- he doesn't have the height, physical imposing. No, but no. he's got the moves, physically imposing. And I mean, Reggie doesn't cut oh, promos, absolutely. but now this guy is being put on TV. He doesn't have that, you know, stop and turn your head at an airport, like they say. Uh, yeah. That probably Bruce Pritchard will tell you that quality. Um, and he doesn't give a great promo. Um, he, he is actually bad at promos. I'm just gonna say yeah. that. Like he, yeah. the dude his voice is no good and he cannot promo at all but right that's the job of the promoter is to hide those weaknesses man right how well, often did you see him promo in new japan never well how often did you see him promo as, as prince puma in uh in lucha underground it's it's just he never he never talked and you, and you know what you hide the weakness dude he doesn't need to talk because he speaks very loudly in the ring and he gave, um, uh, they gave him a good entrance in NXT too. He he had a good. Oh, good, dude! Good his entrance, good entrance was epic. Yeah, you know, with the lights and and when the bright light would come up and he's just like frozen in his pose. He felt like a superhero, dude. They always, yeah. you know, and WWE has tried to do the superhero gimmick. He was the superhero back then, and, and it was out with it wasn't forced. And I, I wouldn't say it's, like, I still think that he has a shot at having a run because I feel like they're keeping him around for a reason. Um, but I also think that they know that if somebody like AEW or New Japan get him back, that they're going to just, you know, stop the God, dude, him. I I pray, pray that he leaves, man. We'll see what happens. His his girlfriend is in WWE. He, I, he seems like a very loyal and nice guy. and He does. He does yeah, he seem is. like someone that, you know, if they if they gave him, oh, you know, we'd love to have you around for more. We're going to push you to the moon, blah, blah, blah. He seems um, like he would smile and shake their hand, just to be honest. I mean, the, so. uh I think one of the first, like, first PWG show I went to, it was him and Akira Tozawa. Oh, shit. Like, Another kind of misused, uh, misused guy there, but. Yeah, but still has a job, so good for him, man. Akira Tozawa didn't do NXT, did he? Yeah, I think he did. did he? Okay, but they um, I think they brought him up right away because he was on the main roster pretty quickly. Seems like a two hundred five live just, guy, from what he I was remember. Two hundred five live guy. Maybe he went right to two hundred five. I don't remember if he was. In uh, I'm taking a quick look. Uh, he's a cruiserweight championship guy. Yeah, um, and a twenty four seven guy for a while as well. And then he but went right to two hundred five live. Interesting. Drew Gallic. Um. So. Yeah, that that is pretty interesting. But uh, if you would call that a call up, that was that's another uh, kind of misused talent. Now he is funny ninja guy number three. 
So right, right. Um, He's like an extra in rush hour or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at time here. We don't have time to go over every era in NXT, to be honest. Um, the, something I, right. I want to ask is some of the best NXT matches you've ever seen. Right. Should I just like go off my list? You, you have your list there? Why don't we take... Yeah, I have a list. I like have about seven or eight. So my first one was any DIY match. <laughs> yeah. They just put together a string of just absolutely, might be the greatest, I don't know how to explain it this way, but maybe the best tag team run ever was uh, DIY and NXT. Well, when you talk about Every DIY, match, when you talk about DIY, man, you got to bring up the revival, right? And we talk about another botched call up, but the DIY and the revival and actually around that time, also the authors of pain, that I was, was say, they even put a- AOP. Uh, with some good matches that was a great trio of tag teams there that uh yeah. you also had uh lurch and, and orkin um a good tag team as well um and, and only lorkin is really underrated great wrestler biff Busick. um yes. and yeah diy was definitely awesome uh, even more uh really why you got to watch this uh recent war games match because they go back to diy they have a reunion okay i'm gonna i i gotta i will watch it now yeah um i i was at this match and this is why it probably stood out war games 2018 black and gargano was in a great black. match really you went to it i was at the war games 2018 it was at staples center Wow. I went to that. that And Black Argana was the match of the night. Um, and just one of the best matches I've ever seen in person, uh, for sure. Wow. Um, That's awesome, Then we dude. talked about uh, Ricochet and Cole at uh, Adam Cole at TakeOver 4. Okay. Um, Pete Dunn, Tyler Bateman for the UK, UK That's title. Tyler Bate, but... Uh, Tyler Bate, sorry. That is Tyler Bateman. On, yeah, that's, that is I, on, Tyler Bateman's pretty cool, too. <laughs> that's on my list as well. So, the Dunn Sammy versus... Sami Zayn Nakamura. Hang on. The, the Dunn versus <laughs> Bate match. too far ahead, huh? I want to talk about real quick. That match was so fucking good. And, like, you, we didn't really know Tyler Bate, right, that well. Yeah. And he was so young at the time. Um, he's still young, actually, because I think he was like twenty or something back then. He was literally twenty, which is like an infant for the pro wrestling industry. And you had Jr. calling it, which was awesome. He came out uh, to his Oklahoma theme and all that stuff. So Jr. calling this match of these young guys, and you know another botched non call up with Tyler Bate. I mean, maybe they're waiting for him to turn thirty five. But God, dude, what a talented guy! His match later with uh, with Walter was awesome. Yep. But you know he's been put in a tag team, and I don't think he's been given an opportunity to thrive. Maybe he loves England. Could be right. Could be uh, like Walter. It could be it. I mean, I think that's what took him a while to get Pete Dunne to really commit to being over here. Mm. Um, but we talk about the spinoff NXT UK as well, um, which I guess we can kind of footnote a little bit. But um, there's a whole NXT UK. They tried to make an NXT Japan, but it didn't work well, out. Well, they tried to make NXT. The, the original plan had a map. Do you remember this? And, like, there was NXTs placed in Europe and Mexico and South America and Japan and China. This was the original goal. I mean, 
really, Japan soured it because Japan was like, fuck no. And then they tried to buy Stardom, and Stardom was like, fuck you. And they mm-hmm. got sold to Bushiroad instead. Um, so that didn't work out. Japan being a company that supposedly, as far as wrestling goes, they're really, uh, and I, I guess other stuff too, they're not really into outside influences. Right, so, right. For the not better. Inclusive. <laughs> for the no, better. For the better, yeah. Um, In this instance, for sure. Bait versus um, Dunn, amazing match. Um, yes. Nakamura versus. Sami Zayn. What a fucking incredible match. This was the match where Fight Forever was chanted. Yeah. The first time I had heard that. And man, now it's overused, right? You see Cesaro sure. fucking wrestling somebody and oh, Fight Forever on Raw. Dude, this match was so good. And there was one spot that I can never get out of my mind. Sami Zayn had this amazing move he did, and he doesn't do it anymore, and it's sad. He did a tornado DDT where he would dive through the corner of the ropes. You remember that move? Yes. It yes. was like the most fascinating El Generico, you know, lucha move. He dived through the one rope to the other rope, the corner dive through, and he always killed people with it. And he did it to Nakamura, and Nakamura kicked him in the fucking head, dude, right as he was diving through. He yeah. sold it perfectly. I would, I would imagine maybe Sammy. I know Sammy's had some serious like shoulder injuries. Maybe he doesn't do it for that, like because of that. I, I don't think know, he doesn't do uh, it because he's a babyface, dude, or he's a heel. Right, but I think also he's had some pretty he had some pretty bad shoulder injuries and stuff. Maybe from celebrating when he went against yeah, Sean Cena. Right. Uh, uh, that's but, um, talk about botch call ups, and he says, "Oh, he likes it," and you know, "Oh, well, you know, this is really who I am. I'm all paranoid and stuff, and I'm, you know, they, now they really, I'm like Seinfeld and and Larry David, and uh, I don't know, man, Sami Zayn, this true, baby though. face, this baby face character was." They called him the heart and soul of NXTU, and now Johnny Gargano's taking that title. But, I mean, this babyface, you go back and watch his match, and you see a totally different wrestler. So maybe it's him, maybe it's both, you know, him and the company. Probably is. But I've liked all the present. I've always liked Sami Zayn, even to his current uh, carnation. Because I know that incarnation, because I know that that is how he is, because I've heard him on podcasts and heard stories about him being just like this really neurotic uh kind of person so it makes sense what he's doing now but yeah that's sammy z nakamura what a perfect way and perfect dance partner oh yeah to bring up nakamura to uh debut nakamura with and it was amazing the new the new nakamura theme we all had it in our heads it was so cool a dude with the violin comes out and plays it at one point you know so i don't know if this other one counts because it wasn't technically an nxt show but one that I'll always remember just because I stayed up to late. My friend came over in the middle of the night and we watched this together live was Finn Balor and Kevin Owens in Japan. Well, that was an NXT match because it was for the NXT title. So, yeah. yes, another great match. Beast Kevin Owens the, uh, threw the, the flowers when Beast they gave the him the flowers. Oh, one of my favorite spots of all time, pre-match spots. And I think we've talked about it on this show before. It was so disrespectful. Yeah. It was great. It's in Sumo Hall, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Little, what little, a great match. little Easter egg, not really, but a little sh- thing to say about that show is you had uh, Chris Jericho against Neville, right? At the time. Yeah. And Chris Jericho wrestled a Japanese style on that show, which is just shows how good Chris Jericho is. Um, I remember he was doing all these 
strong style chops and slaps and then you know instead of just the uh walls of jericho he puts him in the extended knee to the head walls of jericho that he's not really allowed to do in regular wwe you know what i mean the uh crank the neck and uh that show is great if you haven't watched that show you should go back and watch it beast in the east i believe because the they had a little eight second match with kofi and uh Brock Lesnar and I can't I think the was the main event um Cena and Ziggler uh was it not the NXT championship huh or was it no, not No the NXT champ they they I believe it was Cena and Ziggler or some I think Zena, Cena was the champ at the time because this was a month I don't remember 100% but No 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 it it was it was uh uh Ziggler and Cena against Kane and Wade Barrett, actually. Weirdly enough. That was enough. the main event. Uh, it was the seventh match. 23, the longest match on the show, yeah. It's kind of funny. Like, really, that was the main event. But like you said, it wasn't. It was kind of like a house show type of vibe, you know? Like yeah. a special event. It was a hot crowd. It was a really great show. Great that show. That might have been one of my favorite things that WWE has done. I just remember because my wife and the kids, they were in Japan at the time. Oh, okay. Obviously, they weren't anywhere near the show, but um, I just remember I kind of texted my friend, you know, that day, like, hey, man, why don't you come over and watch it? And he did. <laughs> wow. And uh, I set my alarm and I woke up and watched it. What, it was like two or three o'clock in the morning when it came on here. Yeah, that that's that's that show was great. And it had a whole different look to it. The, <clears throat> the fans were all cosplaying and stuff. And I do remember Michael Cole actually calling a great show, too. If you want to hear some of Michael Cole's best work, watch that show without Vince in his ear. The only thing I really disliked about that show was, was first of all, when they chose Kofi Kingston, he was not New Day, big guy at the time. No, he was New Day. It was, they were heels. They were just in the They were heels, okay. Yeah. Okay, because, yeah, New Day did go against the Lucha Dragons at that show. So they were, uh, but the thing was, is that, like, I didn't want a squash match. I actually wanted, like, a cool match, you know? I was like, dude, what if Kofi, like, actually does some cool shit? At least for maybe, like, five minutes, right? Gets a little offense. Like, at least give him that. But he just ran away, and it would be a precursor to him getting his ass beat years later for the title. So, uh Great show, great NXT themed show. Um, Beast in the East, go watch that one. What other matches do you got? Uh, I, I got Gargano and Andrade. What do you remember about that? Because I, I don't remember that match in particular. Uh, just, just that it was wild. awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was incredible. And then, of course, I think which is the one that really... Um, not only for female wrestlers, but just put really put NXT out of that kind of. It really launched it into the mainstream. Can I guess what you're gonna say? Yes. Is this Sasha versus Bailey, New York? Yes. Yeah. Awesome match, and like you're watching these women, and you and I had seen the Divas matches before that, but you're like, yeah, oh shit, this is like main event status match right here. This is the most important match in arguably all of female wrestling history yeah uh, women's yeah. history um but 
Stardom fans are sneering at you North right America. now, like, what the fuck did you... Yeah, well, at yeah. least for North America. Or Stardom, or just any of those matches from the 80s or 90s, but... In North um, America, yeah, because it was... Yeah, I guess, you know, women's wrestling in Japan was massive in the 80s and 90s, but as far as North America goes, this was huge, dude. And, I mean... This NXT women's title was like the women's title. The Divas title, it's like, I don't feel like seeing fucking one of the Bella sisters win it again, you know, against whoever. It was like... Hey, but you know what? Give them credit for in their in their later years, um, they developed in some, you know, pretty... Especially Nikki. Yeah, they did a lot better. They, they did develop into being better. Maybe they were training yes. uh, with John Cena during that time Perhaps. when he but was telling they, them about they, family they, formal family dinners but the impact that people like sasha and bailey made those quote some of those quote-unquote diva wrestlers actually really step up i mean we never expected alexa, alexa bliss became a pretty good wrestler carmella became a pretty de- good wrestler like, yeah and i think a lot of that was mandy rose is, is actually pretty good too she actually she's good like uh, you know, she's the beautiful woman gimmick, and I, I mean, a lot of people, like, I think she's actually one of the better wrestlers who's just this beautiful woman gimmick, you know? And she's NXT champion right now, so. But I kind of feel like the way that they have it structured now is you've got to be able to wrestle now to be on the women's roster. You definitely... It's more of a priority now. Well, I don't know about now, as far as NXT 2.0. The women are some of the worst wrestlers on the show, well, I, but... Well, you have, it's keep in mind, it's kind of taken a step back and become a developmental it, it, thing it, again. It has, and... Uh, w- yeah, and I, I guess we'll get to that next. Um, any other matches that you really remember? That's what I had written down. That, that yeah. was the list I had. I know there's probably more, but just... Off the top of my head, obviously any DIY match, there's just numerous ones we can go into with that. But uh, any Gargano and um, uh, the Gargano and Chiampa stuff was just, you know, so outstanding as well. So I'm guessing that you, and this was like me, like you weren't this guy who was freaking out over all these Adam Cole matches, right, in NXT. Um, because, you know... People were giving these, oh, five stars, six stars, and stuff like that. And I liked them. But by this time, when Adam Cole was wrestling on these main events, I felt like it was getting a little too much. There was this joke about, like, oh, they kick out of everything type of thing. Right, and- right. Um, I wouldn't really necessarily blame that on Adam Cole, per se. But I do think NXT was already kind of starting. It already had reached its peak. I think uh, so. By then, too. And what really stopped it from tumbling down a little faster was people like Adam Cole and Undisputed Era that really stabilized it for a while. But it, it, let's be honest, it was at its peak um, with Black, I mean, with Gargano and Ciampa. I, 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 I and, agree, man. I totally you know, agree. Yeah. And, and Andrade in, in that era. And then Drew McIntyre. I also think that's when. They they started to, um, kind of starve it a little bit, yeah. and lead it to a slow death. But it, they started to bleed it out a little bit. Um, it definitely changed to the point where during this, 
Undisputed Era era. Like I didn't really watch the weekly show anymore at that point. And um, I, I really feel like they saw it becoming too big and were they wanted to slowly bleed it out. It was wow. getting to be more. I really honestly think it was getting to be a little too popular for their liking. Well, uh, for the big company, they definitely bled it out recently. Um, a couple matches here that I have listed that you didn't mention. Um, my favorite NXT match of all time is Neville versus Sami Zayn at uh, was our our Evolution. Do you remember okay. this match at all? I I don't know. I might have been something. What was it? Was it twenty fourteen? It was, uh, must have been, um, 2014. It had, and you know, honestly, this is kind of what very first got me into NXT was that they're like, this new Japanese wrestler is coming into, and I was like, oh, cool, Japanese dude. You know, I'm a big fan of Japanese stuff. And there was like, Hideo Itami. I'm like, I never heard of him. Don't know who he is, but shit, I'm a fan of him. Immediately became a fan of him. Uh, right. Being a Hideo Itami fan was very frustrating over the years. Um, but He got hurt almost right away. Yeah, and then again, and was out for years, literally years. Yeah. But, you know, he went against Finn Balor on this show. and But this Sami Zayn-Neville match was so awesome because Sami Zayn was on the build-up, on the rise. And Neville was had turned heel and was this cocky asshole. And it was the one of these, we've seen this story in wrestling a million times, where Sami Zayn gets the belt during the match, and he's looking at it and looking, you know, he the ref is down, right? And, he, and, the, and I remember... Um, Corey Graves, no, Sammy, don't do it, don't do it. I'm in the library, dude. I'm homeless at the time. I'm watching at a library, screaming, just, no, don't do it, Sammy, don't do it. And he finally wins it clean, you know what I mean? And after the match, his best friend came out to cheer him on. Uh, what was, who's his best? Kevin Owens. Uh, and turned on him and powerbombed him, and then the show ended. So, great story there. Um, and yeah. Kevin Owens was busted in the nose by Juice Robinson earlier that night too. Gave him a broken nose. So. And that's one of those, uh, or who's C.J. Parker at the time, right? Yeah, um, he he had this gimmick of like, he was like a Greenpeace hippie kind of character. Right, right, kind of fit him. It, the look did. Oh, the look um, for sure and, with the dreads. And there's all kinds of other guys that have kind of had their cups of coffee in NXT. We talked about Chris Hero, aka. Um, what was his name over there? Uh, uh, Cassius Ono. Cassius Ono. Uh, Sammy Callahan was uh, yep. Sullivan Crow. Oh, Sullivan like Crow. You, you, well, I mean, Bobby Roode was champion for a little bit, and he was good was, in NXT. Yes. They, he had one of the best entrance songs. Oh, glorious. And yeah. I will get... Oh, dude. And, and we can't mention NXT, actually, without talking about CFOs. CFOs made like all these great NXT themes. They they don't work with WWE anymore. But you look at the list of CFOs themes, and these guys were like made. They made the uh, the Seth Rollins theme. They made Finn Balor. Finn Balor. They made the uh, the what's her name Alexa Sasha Bliss. Banks. Alexa Bliss. Sasha Banks. Yeah. So like, dude, these guys. They made that one, the Bobby Roode. They made like these guys were the god of theme songs. They were like next Jim Johnston. WWE fucked up by not hiring them back. But um, what, what, so why did they cut them in the first place? I they didn't get cut. They quit. Like they left they WWE. Quit. Yeah, I think they got frustrated with something. Are they using Jim Johnson again at all? No. 
Well, I heard that they not that I know him of. for something. But well, they they would be smart too, considering he's like. Although he doesn't make like modern style music very well, but uh, his rock well, he, shit yeah. is awesome. Uh, he did make oh. Jinder Mahal's theme, so. There so you I go. think that that's fairly recent then. Yeah, but he might have made it. Yeah. I mean, I think he was fired in, like, 2014, 2015, no, 2015, 2016. They got rid of him in 2015. Okay, yeah. I think he worked a little bit... At, no, no, I'm asking you, because I think he might have been... Like, him and CFOs were both on the payroll for a little while. Yeah, but Johnston was doing, obviously, main roster, and, um, you know, the CFOs was doing the other ones. So, let me see here when he was released. Um I mean, obviously Jim Johnson like did Stone Cold's Oh, Jim Johnson's done. a legend. He worked until yeah, 2017. It was Okay, yeah. So, not that long ago. He's a weird guy too. Like you hear interviews of him and stuff. Like he's a weird dude. He's like never they, even learned to re- read music and stuff on the guitar, which is pretty incredible. A- I believe they have some kind of little network documentary on him that's worth checking out. I think I've seen Ooh. it. Ooh. Well, check that out, uh, everyone. You should go watch that. I've heard interviews with him. Seems like a real interesting dude, like, you know? Um, but definitely uh, the best, you know, theme writer of all time. I mean, I think without a doubt. Well, <laughs> like, well it's either him or Jimmy Hart, maybe. What did Jimmy Hart write? Uh, Jimmy Hart did a lot of the WC... Well, actually, just look it up. I mean, Jimmy Hart was, um, he's done a lot. I'll just put it that way. Okay. He, he's, his voice isn't even on some of them, I think. But Jimmy Hart used to do a lot of the WWE themes in the 80s, 90s, mm. and early 90s. And probably a lot of WCW stuff. Okay. Okay. Um, by the way, I have this CFO's info here. And they did make Nakamura's song, too. Just as right. an example of a, uh, in February 2020, it was publicly reported that CFOs had been in a dispute with their publisher over the previous several months. Due to money CFOs states was owed to them per their publishing deal, they attempted to have WWE buy them out of their publishing deal and have them work in-house. But the publisher rejected the proposal, and as a result, WWE stopped using them. And then they were released. That's a shitty situation, huh? So you think WWE's like you gotta buy like CFOs is like you gotta buy us out, and they're Sounds like, okay, like but if this doesn't work, you're gone. Well, we don't wanna, it says we that don't like the publisher. Said no it said that the publisher rejected the deal, so the That's people that they owed money to, or the that owed them money, wouldn't take the money from. That's confusing. So to me, that seems like WWE doesn't like being saying no to. So the fact that that company said no, they felt embarrassed and they cut CFOs? Is that what uh, like the impression I'm getting? Because I've also heard maybe CFOs didn't appreciate the respect they were getting from them or something. I don't know. But I know that CFO, the relationship with CFOs is probably what um, you know Jim Johnson was not was feeling. Mm. You know, because it seemed like... Uh, they also they don't like old people anything. unless you're like a back unless you're like a producer. I mean, so as far as Jim Johnston goes, but I, I that's that's a weird situation. I'd I'd love to read more on that on exactly what happened because I feel like those guys were worth it. I mean, shit. They were making uh great music and they definitely defined that early NXT with with their music. So, shout outs to uh CFOs um 
And shoutouts to NXT 2.0. So as we know, time went by and we had the Wednesday Night Wars. Um, anything to say about the Wednesday Night Wars? I mean, there's not a whole lot to say because it was so one-sided. I mean, but you're talking about TNT versus USA. I mean, they're both pretty prevalent cable networks, uh, although probably TNT has a little more eyes on it because of its affiliation with, like, the NBA and, um, you know, that kind of things and the pri- and, that, and playing off of that. Yeah. And, you know, I think we talked about it. Uh, you know, NXT um, was kind of on its decline to begin with at that point, and AEW was the shiny new toy. They were the shiny new toy, and that you know, but the, also that they still are. They, they still are. You know, I kind of question that. That's what Vince's excuse. So why is AEW beating it? Oh well, they're new, and it's like, well, yeah. you know, NXT. Well, just look at look at ticket sales. Look at all that stuff. I mean, I think also the appeal of uh, and you know AEW at an arena is more attractive than watching NXT, uh, you know, in a studio. They weren't a touring brand either, so that's um, that that is that's very and true. NXT show looks the same every week, but AEW's live in Chicago, AEW's live in somewhere in Texas, AEW's live in Florida. Uh, they were all over the place, and I think, um, you know that was attracting people to view as well. I think AEW is generally a better show. We talked about NXT kind of starting to go downhill, and that was definitely they were on their slide at this point when they went on TV. Um, So, I mean, yes, it was the new thing. But, you know, I mean, NXT, it feels like they could have done something. They really, they could have. I think they could have. And, uh... It wasn't meant to be, man. Um, they moved into that Wednesday night time slot. Uh, excuse me. They moved on to USA because they were at Wednesday night before. Yeah. But um, yeah. I just honestly think if they would have, it wasn't the way it was set up, how great yeah. it was, like all these matches we talked about, it wasn't a sustainable model. Uh, if it wasn't the main like company shows, yeah, um, this was not a sustainable model. Yeah, man. Um, do you know how much and how many times NXT won in the key demo over all their nights? A few times, I think. Right? Once, really? Once in two thousand on on December eighteenth of two thousand nineteen. So, but honestly, it wasn't SmackDown. It wasn't Raw. It was basically <laughs> their third show going against AEW's first show. It's not a fair match. And it seems like there's different people watching these shows, too, from the demos. I mean, you know, NXT is an old person's... What were they saying? Like, the median viewer for one of these NXT shows was, like, 50, dude. That means, like... I don't know any 50-year-olds that watch NXT. I don't know where they get these from. Well, it's Nielsen ratings. I don't know any 50-year-olds that are watching wrestling. It's just so weird. I don't don't know how... I do. There's There's quite a bit, actually, man. And the thing is, is they've watched WWE since the 70s. Or 80s, excuse me. And sure. so, I mean, it's literally habit. That's the idea, and I agree with this, where w- our AEW fans will watch AEW if there's big stuff on. We don't really watch, like, every single week. Where the NXT and WWE fans just watch every week. 
like no matter right. what's on you out know? of habit there's more habit there yeah exactly and that takes time well, to build for AEW. well that's like you said though it has to be somebody that was a, a that has just been a viewer for years because people don't obviously if you're an AEW fan you haven't been an AEW fan since the 90s so <laughs> this is a time where people consume things differently i was a fan of tony khan when he was born dog there you go. So, uh, yeah, it, it it is different. Um, but, I mean, they got their ass kicked. Um, they switched nights. And they've changed to NXT 2.0. I asked you what you think about them earlier. Uh, and you, I know one thing that you said was that, you know, a lot of these people are new, right? Yeah. I mean, but, you know, also every wrestler you see for the first time is new. Or, I mean, sure, uh, sure. I guess it is a little weird, though, because they're new to the fans inside there as well, right? Like, when we saw Nakamura for the first time, like, they the, the fans knew who he was, and they were cheering for him, and, like, he looked like a huge star. Now we're seeing people like Grayson Waller, and even the fans are like, who the fuck is this guy, you know? Yeah, and, you know, the more that we've talked about this, I was, like, kind of, I don't know if I was upset at myself or whatever for not knowing who any of these people are when I was watching that show. But, um, you know, the, as we're talking this out, I feel like it was something they kind of had to do. Mm. I think they really had to hit the reset button because, um, it, 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 like I said, having all these great matches on what many people consider like a secondary product, that's not... It was kind of seen that way too, like secondary. It was seen as the less than in a way by the end, in my opinion. And, Unless they were going to just totally intermingle the three brands. Um, yeah. This Which they tried. Solution. They tried. At, they had some Survivor Series. You know, you know, remember that? Keith yeah, Lee was it, like the coolest dude there. Yeah, but like if you're just a casual viewer of WWE and then all of a sudden this brand you never heard of yeah. is coming up and destroying everyone, doesn't that make you think lesser of the two shows that are on, uh, you know... <laughs> And I think there was a lot of pressure from USA. Um, well, we want this NXT thing. Look at all this stuff going on. And WWE, I guarantee you, they were not reluctant to put this show on USA. And yeah. I mean, maybe I, they I told wonder. USA, look, it's not going to work. AEW is going to outperform us. No, we just want more content. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that the, at some point they purposely... Um, euthanized it <laughs> well you <laughs> got a contract where you have to make tv right i, I mean yeah and secondly you got beat in this war and yeah i guess you know you had to kind of it was time to do something different the same old and formula was wasn't working live every week during this most weeks but of course covid and all that stuff right uh, same with same with AEW. Um, AEW had yeah. canned a few yeah. but um i i just kind of think that the thing with usa network is the i well i think they might actually i don't know if they do any sports but wwe i do the olympics pro, pro wrestling are the only consistent live program they have yeah yeah so they're gonna try and milk it as much as they can they want live programming because that's your best chance at getting ratings is having live programming because people don't want to be spoiled and they don't want to miss something so they want to watch it live that's the mm -hmm. only chance you have not to be 
DVR'd or, or next day Hulu'd or whatever yeah. is if you can provide live programming that people do not want to be spoiled or miss. No, you're right. And I mean, we know as wrestling fans and you as a sports fan, like you want to watch that live. You know, you don't want to hear about it afterwards. So And advertisers probably pay more money to be on live television. For and sure. If you're the USA Network, how can we get more live TV? Well, you know, why is WWE putting this on their network when they can be giving it to us? You know, that kind of thing. Well, and so you're right. And also you have to think that USA also runs Raw, right? And so, I mean, maybe the idea to change this new NXT into a truly developmental brand like FCW was, you know, maybe USA is on board like, okay, well, we make Raw. So, you know, we want better people for Raw. So, you know, let's go with that. Um, you mentioned, by the way, you mentioned Triple H and stuff earlier, and we haven't said his name enough um, no. on this show. But, you know, thank you to Triple H. And Triple H is generally considered to be the mastermind Triple H of, of that era of NXT, what I mm -hmm. guess is now referred as to the black and gold. You know, do you remember after all the debuts or after all the big matches, you'd see pictures on Twitter of Triple H with his arm around the guy? Right, become a meme almost. It's become a meme. His nickname was what Papa H, <laughs> I think what yeah, he was called. And, yeah, and of course, you know, there's a lot of other you know people behind the scenes. Shawn there, Michaels, like Shawn Michaels, in recent, uh, who's probably one of the main guys there now. I believe so. Yeah, Dusty Rhodes was the big Dusty guy Rhodes, promo class. Steve Carino. Steve Carino. Yeah. Um, I think Norman Smiley is still there doing stuff as well. You have. Uh, Actually, now you have um, Hideki Suzuki working as a coach. He's on TV, too, but uh, right. he's kind of in the background, although that's more like the 2.0 era. Um, and I think up until recently, Scotty Tuhati. Scotty Tuhati, yeah. Yeah, he was there, too. So, you know, we don't see a ton of backstage stuff for NXT. I feel like they keep that a little more under wraps in a way, but we've seen some stuff. and uh, but But definitely we know that... Triple H is generally considered the mastermind, the booker, for a while there. And so all these matches and stuff and all the, the this booking, which was so good at a time, you know, this is Triple H, man. This is Triple H's brand. And mm -hmm. I I just, it's like he couldn't really, couldn't have done any better with what he was given, I think, to be well, honest. Let's think of this as a restart. And maybe in three or four years, we'll be talking about how great these cards are. Maybe it was just they, they want to build it back up again, you know? Yeah. Um, it's it's possible, man, but you, you definitely can see that it's this, this Vince McMahon thing. We want big dudes. We want, you know, uh, sexy women. And, uh, but, you know, and I guess you can say in recent years it was going away from being young wrestlers. I mean, like... Oh, for sure. Bobby Roode, Nakamura. 2016. Um, 2012 to 2016, it was all young guys, right? I don't know. No, it wasn't because because you had, dude, you had freaking Samoa Joe in there, and you had, I mean, yeah, but you know the foundation. Um, the very the earliest, were, like 2014, yeah. I would say, was was younger. But you go, let's see, let's like at 2016, okay. We That's already... what I'm saying, but 2014 and 2016, yes. and then it, they started adding, like, the, the veterans' spots, you know, adding them to spots, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Ty Dillinger. Holy shit, man. 
I give that guy a 10. Um, Austin Aries, too, was in NXT, and I think he talked his way right out of the fucking company, as he's talked oh, yeah. his way out of a lot of different companies. Um, so... I'll right. tell you. I'll tell you this, man. I watched that War Games on NXT 2.0, and I do see a good future, uh, at least hey, for that, the men. We can't, Braun Breaker. I mean, that's. I don't know why they just don't call him Braun Steiner, and Who knows? let that lineage just glow um, with the name, not just the appearance. But he seems like he's going to be a big star. I mean, we've heard rumors that he's being groomed to be the next top guy, and you know what? I heard that about Roman Reigns. I feel like I heard that about him before he was the next top guy. People are saying, like, oh, he's going to be the next top guy. So, I mean, it very well could happen. And uh, if that's the case, I think that'll be a good thing. He is the most talented out of the crew. But one final th uh, question is they have this new program, their new, like, hiring or recruitment program. Do you know about this where instead of looking at indie wrestlers, they're going to start signing college wrestlers while they're still in college did you hear about that well i did see that they 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 signed um a uh, woman's basketball player yeah yep and, and they, they signed gable steveson who is still in college right. because co college has made it legal ncaa has made it legal to get paid while you're in college now right which is great and should have been done years ago so yeah yeah they're taking a different approach to this because they do not want to be signing guys that have had experience in other places just because people can say well they got them from ring of honor they got them from the you know they signed this guy off the indies they want to create a uh, hundred percent factory molded talent they want they want that they can completely yep. take credit for and they want that loyalty man they want that yeah. loyalty, like, we brought you up, we made you, you know? Uh, you're never going to see Charlotte jump ship, you know what I mean, man? Like yeah, they, they want people that are going to be there until they tell them they can't be there anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, you know, because all these guys that we're switching over now were people that have had the taste of having a little more freedom in other places, right? Yeah, um, yeah that were huge totally, in some other places and stuff. They're and, trying to become, and uh, you know what, from a business standpoint, I get it. I understand what they're doing. They're trying to become a different product than AEW. It, it, uh, well, it is a very different are, product. But, but it, they're trying to, you know, they're just trying to start from scratch with their their approach so i think it's smart i think that for them right now the main goal is the main roster and for a lot of nxt guys that was a nightmare for them right like there's nxt guys that would never go to the main roster now so um right they like want no way jose and all that stuff but i think that there <laughs> no were i mean guys... like diy right like those guys will never go to the main roster well, they 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 did. They it did for a minute. For a minute. And somebody got hurt, right? Yeah, but I mean, what happened after that? They went straight back to NXT and then went on a run and became champion multiple times. Yeah. Both of them. So yeah, I mean, There's, yeah, there are some that they just brought up just to say, okay, well, we're about to release them. Let's see if they can luckily catch, like you know, No Hey Jose. Oh God! There was a few others that they just brought up. For no reason yeah i'm like it's like so many forgettable people <laughs> adam rose and no way jose are two of those like it's like oh yeah they they did exist and they went to the main roster um so but i don't know man i i definitely see some stuff i i even like i kind of like Gigi dolan from toxic attraction is kind of over she's goofy and shit but um 
and Braun Breaker is good, and the other guys do some cool stuff too. Now, there are some wrestlers that are completely inexperienced, and they don't even get moves. You know, like, they won't even give them spots. You know what I mean? I like, think they should treat them like young lions and just say, oh, oh I wish. Purely, like, rookie guy. Come up with some term to call them. Um, or, or some type of, like, presentation for these just flat out young lions do you, you know? think they should live in the um main wrestler's house and cook their chonko for them and do their yes. laundry i think so they're too. not doing that now they I aren't they no should... i think they just live in orlando and make like a hundred thousand dollars a year right so which ain't bad for these kids right out of college right fuck no dude especially if you work <laughs> once a week or what if you work once a month bro and you just have to well they do have to train probably every day though huh? no they train it's a full-time job yeah me. i'm sure they're yeah. there five six days a week training and learning so. yeah no they're they're in class and all so yeah you're totally right on that um so nxt man wow it's been it's been a while now um uh, we're looking at coming up on 10 years and what? where we are, it's 10 years. We're past 10 years, 2011. Yeah, I, I think this, this conversation we've had has inspired me to maybe take a look at 2.0. And I, I've developed, like, talking with you, I've developed a new lens to look at it with. And Awesome. Um, I don't agree with a lot of the stuff WWE does <laughs> these days. Yeah. But I felt like them resetting with NXT was probably something they had to do. You know, and I watched that that show, and I actually... You know what's fun, man, is when you see these new wrestlers, you're like, who the fuck are they? And then you see them a couple more times, and you're like, okay, I kind of like this guy, you know? And I actually right. started feeling that way during the show. Like, these people that I thought were idiots at first, which, dude, any new wrestler I see looks like a moron to me, unless they're, like, in Noah or New... Ju I mean, except Master Watto, but most wrestlers, like, when I first see him, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? What? Mr. Watto's come around recently. He's better. You know, he's he's definitely the, better. He's got this... Did you call him, Miss, did you call him Mr. Watto? Master Watto. He, he should be called Mr. Watto. Not, he's that definitely not a master, but, yes, he's but had he's a better tournament. He's got mom haircut now. <laughs> his, his match with Hiromu was actually really great, but, um, no, nah, yeah. he, he, he's coming around, but... um. Uh, no, man, like, but seeing these guys and then getting to know them and then seeing, like, okay, you know what, like, and then the, the way they booked them, like, like, you know, to, to have some of these new guys win and turn and you're like, okay, well, let's see. I, I could see, look, they're going to learn, man, and it's up to them to put those skills to the best use, to have good matches and do the best they can in the system. I mean, you know, the Undertaker was given the worst gimmick in the world and turned it into gold, man, so... It's a tough job, but they got to do it. So, yeah, I mean, they need they need a place to have a kind of virtual like, you know, drawing pad like where they could try different things because obviously, you know, what they're having up top now isn't satisfying all the fans. I mean, I know they're still making their entirely profitable, but um, yeah, this is probably the way for them to go if they want to you know not have to worry about losing talent to other places you get them early and make them loyal to you i agree justin and uh on that is there anything else you want to tell the fans man i think that's it uh i do too and i'm actually covered. getting tired now i'm the one getting tired <laughs> shit so thank you all for listening to wrestling and this is wrestling and nxt and next week we are going to talk about wrestling and 
Enzo Amore. Oh, actually, we already did that episode. So we did Enzo Amore. Yeah, we did that. We we did that. So thanks everyone for listening. Y'all have a good one. Uh, bye.